One of the worst parts of living in 2018 is having to go through pages and pages and pages of licensing agreements that we don't even read. A lot of small businesses, even enterprise guys, they don't care about it. They just want to get their product to market. They want to sell. They want to make money. Now, it's interesting because last week talking to a consultant friend of mine, Rick, he works with a company called GoToMarketers. The idea behind the company is to basically be the third wheel in a larger organization and they kind of hold up all of the ends that maybe that organization can't do. So for a lot of their clients, they're doing social media monitoring or they're doing content or they're doing development that they don't have time for. So in all of this, a lot of clients ask for a lot of things and namely it has to do with being able to be somewhat flexible when you're finding assets. And what I mean by assets is your pictures, your logos, whatever. Well, he was telling me that this whole discussion came about because he had a client email and ask him for the working files for a white paper. They created it, so why not? It was a small change they wanted, and if the client asks, he just does it. But what the client was asking for were were working files that he had to check the contract on to see what they actually agreed to. See, most design contracts are for finished art, tangible assets, essentially the end product. So the designer retains all the rights to the working files, but depending on the client, most designers just give them the working files, what works, and then they put it on the internet. See, if the relationship is bad, they just have it redone by somebody else or they get it done in-house, but if the relationship is good, they're coming to you for other stuff anyway. Either way, the status of the working files has little relevance on whether you get more business or not. So with good clients, you try to be accommodating. And this is a problem because working files contain licensed fonts and stock photos. This is where it gets tricky. Back in the day, the only way to get stock photography was to buy the rights managed or royalty-free photos from things like Getty Images. For the right managed uh, account, you can get a licensed photo and pay based on how big the print uh, run was going to be. That's for print. But on the internet, it's a completely different game. So the next little bit, we're going to be going through Rick's story and his idea of how we should play with licensing, especially from a consultant perspective, but also talking and informing you guys about how you need to be aware of these licenses, even if you're just a mom and pop shop or a website online, even a blog, you can get dinged really fucking horribly. So welcome to the fourth installment of Hashtag Kill Your Gurus, because this one is going to be a fun one. So back in the day, you had something called royalty-free. You paid a one-time fee, a couple of hundred of dollars, and you could use that images in any of your stuff, no matter where it went. Okay, at that time, and this is like mid-2000s, designers would place low-res watermarked images, give the clients uh, an itemized quote of the photos, and get a sign-off, buy the images, transfer the usage rights to the client. iStock came along with MicroStock, and now royalty-free photos cost anywhere between $10 to $100. 
and you still go through the same process. Now I'm going to let everyone know that these are Rick's words. Rick is explaining this via his text understanding because he has now 25 years in the business of graphic design and development. So I trust him when he says this and I trust him that he knows about licensing because this is something that has dogged graphic designers for a long time. So getting back to iStock, brought out by Getty and a few other microstock sites offers a subscription license. Easy, right? So you pay a monthly fee and you're entitled to a certain amount of downloads a month. And it's great because your cost per shot, if you download your limit, is only a couple of cents to a couple of bucks per image. But the license is non-transferable. So yes, you can recoup your costs from clients on an itemized basis, but you don't have to now. You can just roll the cost of the subscription into the hourly rate. When the stock photos are that cheap, the cost of Rick's time to find the right ones is actually higher than the cost of the shot. So the client pays a bit more, but the photos are no longer a budget issue. Now cue clients asking for working files. Before, usage rights for the photo were transferred to the client so you could give them pretty much complete working files. Now the photos being licensed are being licensed to the subscription holder. In this scenario, Rick. He can give them a working file, but it's just the layout without any linked images or fonts. So if a client wants to make changes, they either need to source new images or pay Rick to make the changes. The no problem, here you go, becomes, let me educate you about content licensing. And most people don't care how the sausage is made. They just want the files they paid you to create. The uncomfortable conversation about photo budgets comes up and has moved to a a trickier conversation about licensing rights. Think about it this way. Way back in the day when you still bought physical media, say a CD, People didn't understand that the only part they own is the plastic thing holding the music, not the music itself. They never owned the songs on the CD. They just thought they did because they had a CD. They bought a license to play that music wherever they want. Or think of a driver's license. You do your test and you pay your annual fee to be licensed to drive. In Ontario, yes, it's a very high annual fee, but it's an annual fee so that you can have a little plastic card that says, I won't kill anybody in my car. The plastic card isn't actually your license in a legal sense. It's your proof that you have a license. You can't give your license card to your 14 year old nephew and say, now you have a license, you can drive. Just because you have the document doesn't mean you possess the right to use it. Just like stock photos and fonts, Just because Rick designed a document that uses a set of photos and pictures, it doesn't give the client the right to use the photos and fonts. The document is the license card. The right to use the photos is your owner's right to drive. So this is very difficult when people are used to talk about buying physical things. I give you money, you give me a thing. With intellectual property, it's... I give you money, you give me certain permissions to use ideas in very specific ways. This is where it gets muddled because it's not tangible. 
and we have to make IP a little bit more tangible for our client. You may or may not know, I'm actually an ambassador for hashtag half the story. Hashtag half the story is a social movement started by Larissa May, who wants to really focus on the other side of the screen. If you're interested, follow hashtag half the story on Instagram and Twitter, read the stories of people coming forward and blow your mind about how the other side of the device really lives. IP, intellectual property, is a fickle thing in, dare I say, the internet age. Although we have so much technology advancing us in terms of social impact, influence, how we live our lives, intellectual property and copyright is actually stuck way back in the 80s. With IP, it's I give you money, you give me a certain permission to use ideas in very specific ways. With Rick, when he was talking to me about this, he said he's a big fan of SaaS models and streaming services. You know, finally, the way you pay for things is actually a direct relationship to your ownership of that thing. Okay, if you pay for iTunes or Spotify on a monthly fee, you have access to music for that month. If you pay Adobe $50 a month to be able to use Photoshop, Illustrator, all the rest, it's fine. But people complain that they, if they stop paying, they lose access to files they created for those programs. Realistically, a software company had the right to take away your license at any point. There's just no way of enforcing it. And this is the problem with licensing that small businesses don't understand. Uh, we saw this as of late with the Instagram photography that has been happening. Photographers around the world post their stuff on Instagram. They get reshared, they get retweeted, and telephone tag pushes that along the millions of users, millions of followers to the point that their photo is being shared and they don't even know it. The idea behind giving credit, the idea behind giving credit where it's due or paying a person to use their, their uh, photograph is very important. Once upon a time, you wanted a photograph from Ansel Adams. You would buy either the original at a very high price, or if he made a print, a print. You didn't have access to those photos. But now because of the ongoing game of popularity and the ongoing trials of people trying to break through the noise, we now have more photographs online more than ever that we have no clue where they actually started or where they actually originated from. And this is where IP and licensing gets tricky. As a business person, you want to go online, Google two people having a coffee and use that on their website. You can't do that. Even though you can click copy image or save image, by publishing that on your website, you are now directly making some money from that picture. You're using that to advertise your service or good, and now you want to convert that into a profit. That is where licensing and rights become problematic. We use iStock because there is no one person tied to that right of a photograph. We use iStock because we can pay a monthly subscription service and we have the rights to use them, but we have the rights to use them as long as we pay for them. It's still like that.
Small business, entrepreneurs, things like that on either side of the coin. You have to be aware of those images or IP or words or whatever you're using to advertise yourself. But likewise, you have to be aware that everything you produce now has the possibility of being circulated for free around the globe. There really is no way to track that unless you put a paywall on your site or a paywall on your Instagram or watermark it, which is something that is completely and utterly destructive to the art form. But these are things that will happen. And when somebody says, well, I have a great idea, I'm going to post it on the internet, I'm going to put that on our site, and you don't have something to limit the IP access, you're going to be shortchanged. This episode is brought to you in part by GoToMarketers, thanks to Richard Rudy. See, in 2012, GoToMarketers realized that there was a gap in the market. The small to medium-sized business and startup market doesn't have access to talented and skilled people without paying exorbitant agent fees or hiring underutilized employees. The market is full of solopreneurs and independent creative contractors sitting on benches wanting to be part of something different. We've brought together the individual components of a company to build a well-oiled marketing machine and our goal is to deliver you these elements into your marketing plan. Value and service are at our core and your company deserves nothing less. Call GoToMarketers today. As a designer, consultant, whatever, You're the client and you're not paying me for the time. You're paying me for the skill and the ability to give you and deliver something that you can't do yourself. When it comes to the back portion of everything we do, it's a lot more difficult to really hanker down a dollar sign towards that. You have to trust us. Yes, it sucks you're gonna be paying a little bit more per hour, but that license will give me the ability to deliver something to you that's top notch. I'm sorry you can't get the working files, but I'm also sorry that you can't see the value in what I do and how I try to save your ass. That's the truth. We know these numbers we pull out of our asses when we give you an invoice, but it's our worth and our value and our dedication to the client that we make sure that that number doesn't translate to you getting sued later on. That's what we want. We want clients that are happy and having a healthy business. So thanks so much for listening this week. I know licensing IP, not the most exciting thing in the world, but I hope you come back next week. Make sure you visit our Patreon. And make sure you subscribe on iTunes, on Google, on Anchor to get the latest and greatest from hashtag Thanks so much, guys. Till next time.